Hey, Soul Seekers, we're talking about the expansive, space-making, and transformative power of AND on today's show. Yeah, that three-letter word, AND. It's not just a conjunction anymore. It's been a really powerful practice that I've been using and sharpening all year. And today, I'm giving you my three-step A-N-D cha-cha that you can use whenever you're facing something that's challenging or whenever you're feeling that tug to expand or step into something bigger, but you're feeling a little stuck. This small but mighty word holds the power to help you reframe things and get you into a groove fast. So stay tuned to hear about this practice that can help you dance your way into the new year. If you're standing on a threshold, if you feel a yearning to tap into your greatest potential but you're caught in that fuzzy in-between space of the now and not yet, don't despair. You're being invited to pivot with greater purpose. You're on the thrilling edge of becoming. You are being called to unleash your soul song. I'm Becky Fleischer, and I believe we're all born with a gift that's uniquely ours, our very own soul song. And I discovered on my own journey that when we unleash it into the world, man, does it make life sing. You might express it through writing, science, cooking, nursing, teaching, or some other endeavor. The song is different for each of us, and its expression can change throughout your life, but it can only sing when you're in tune with your truest self. I know you're trying to get things in focus, that you're looking for encouragement and practical tools to illuminate your own personal journey, and that's what you're gonna get here. I'm excited to travel this road with you. Let's get going. Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Your Soul Song. I'm your host, Becky Fleischer, and I'm so grateful to be spending this time with you today. We are just about to say sayonara to 2021, and what a year it has been. Such a big one for me personally, and I knew coming into this year that I had some hard work to do. Not just a long to-do list. This was different. This was some big, transformative, life-changing work to face. And while I knew what was on my plate, I didn't know how it was all going to shake out, which way things were going to go. And I'll be honest with you, sitting with that kind of uncertainty was really tough for me to hold as we came into 2021. So for anyone out there right now who's facing a heavy lift or a similarly full plate for 2022, I want you to know that I see you. I feel how hard your heart is beating just thinking about the work in front of you and really doing your best to hear and answer those whispers from your soul. And I know how much your heart is aching for things to just turn a corner It can be hard when we're closing out a year and starting a new one fresh, and yet you feel stuck or like you're in limbo and you just can't get your mojo going. You can't get into a groove, which is why I wanted to remind you right up top, especially if you're feeling a little heavy in this season, that from now through the end of January, I am offering free one-on-one soul sessions Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern time and Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Eastern time. These are times I'm holding on my calendar just for you. We can do some coaching. We can do work on core values. We can look into your inner critic or your inner mentor. You can use the time to share a soul-touching story that you'd just like to have someone witness. You can bring something that you're struggling with that you'd like to get some perspective on. We can look at the year in review or look at setting up for 2022 
whatever helps lift your soul in this season, that's what these sessions are for. They're first come, first serve, and they're filling up fast. So even if they sound slightly intriguing, I recommend snap one up right now as we head into the new year. I'll put a link in the show notes where you can sign up. Now to close out this year, I knew I wanted to do this show about the power of and. A simple little word. And yet, it's been kicking my spiritual ass and keeping me aligned for nearly 365 days now as I have been working with it as my word of the year and really unwinding its transformative power. Now, if you're just finding this show, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so happy to have you here and so happy to be traveling this road to the edge of becoming with you. If you're new or in case you just want a refresher, at the beginning of the year, we talked about discerning between heart knowing and head knowing. And we got into that because we kicked off the year talking about the need to take action from the heart first. Really getting in tune, really getting clear about what we're supposed to be doing and then using our head to figure out how to do it. We talked about the adage of leadership is doing the right thing, which is a very heart-based action, and management is doing things right, a very head-based action. And we want to be leaders of our lives, not managers of our lives, because leaders are the ones who can effectuate change. And when you're being called to the edge of becoming, you have to be able to effectuate that change in your own life. So in that episode where we got into discerning between heart knowing and head knowing, which was episode 23, if you want to go back and give it a listen, I shared with you that instead of setting intentions or goals for this year, I decided to work with a word. I have never done that before. (laughs) I had never done it at all. This was a new practice for me. And what inspired me was that I read Richard Rohr's book, Everything Belongs, over the winter break last year. And when I read it, it was the first time that I learned his formula for personal growth and transformation, which is include and transcend. Now, what struck me about that formula was the conjunction. It was the and. He didn't say include to transcend, which is what I really initially thought would be the setup. You know, we have to include everything, the good, the bad, all the experiences in life that we've had, the choices we've made, the actions we've taken or we've not taken, the actions of the world around us. I got that. Okay, I get it. We have to include all of those things. That's the ticket. If we included all of that, then we'll be able to move forward to transformation. But that's not what he said. He said include and transcend which tells us that going beyond the range of what is known or going beyond the limits of something that's currently in place, true transcendence, it's not a destination. It's a journey. Just like include is a verb, transcend is a verb. It's something we have to do, not just a place where we arrive. And what I got from all of this is that transformation is really an expansive active movement that happens in real time, in the real life nitty gritty realities of life. And if transformation is what we're after, then expansive movement is constantly required. Not just when we're in meditation or in our happy place. It requires constant expansive movement all the time. And for me, that word and 
seemed to be the key to staying in that expansive movement, especially when things are rough. I had a hunch that that little conjunction had something to teach me. So that's why I chose it as my word for this year, because I suspected I might have a rough year ahead of me. And I did. And I wanted something that I could use as a practice to help me try to stay expansive, not contracted, because it's so easy to get contracted when you are facing hard times. Now, what I knew in January was that I was facing a heavy year of personal transformation, not just a list of aggressive goals like I usually have, but I knew I was in for some life-changing soul work that really is the type of stuff that helps us transition into the further journey. What I knew then was that this small little word was going to help push me out of binary, either-or thinking, and to help push me to reframe situations and my interpretations of those situations. And I knew it would help me stress test my ability to hold multiple truths at once. What I didn't know was how this word was going to help me endure uncertainty. And I certainly didn't know that it would turn into a practice that I would be sharing with you today. It just goes to show when you're being called to something, and I very, very much felt called. I felt a pull towards this word at the beginning of the year. Sometimes you don't know where that's going to go. You just have to follow it and see what unfolds. And it really did unfold for me this year in such a powerful and such a helpful way. I'm not sure I could have made it through the year the way that I did without this word. Because when we're going through major life transitions, big societal shifts, upheaval, discord, turmoil, unknowing, all the things that get us stuck in the small, contracted, shallow end, which is the feeling we get when we know we're facing some big soul work, we start to pull in and pull back. And to some degree, that's okay. It's okay. We need to check in with our inner mentor. We need to make sure we've got our core values sorted out so that we have trusted guardrails on this path. But when you start to feel smaller, when you feel your voice start to fade away, when your fears start getting louder than your dreams, and you stop taking steps forward, this and practice can help. I told you in the intro that it can help you dance, and here's why. Because like most everything on the path to becoming, it's not a straight line. Damn it. (laughs) Don't you wish it were? I certainly do. Just give me the steps in order, preferably. And if you could tell me which ones are harder than others, I'd prefer that even more. Like, I want as much information as possible before I start something. So all of this traveling on the further journey, it tests my patience, really, because I want that straight line. But this is not a straight line. It is three steps, but it's a cha-cha. You know, one, two, cha-cha-cha. You're going to take one step forward, cha-cha-cha. And then you're going to take a step back, cha-cha-cha. And you get the idea. Step forward, step back. You're going to be dancing. You're going to be moving through a series of small little steps back and forth all the way through. And as you're cycling through the A and D steps, you're going to keep moving. You're going to keep progressing. 
And the more you practice this, the more you are going to get into your groove. It really does work. So let's jump in. Let me tell you what the A-N-D cha-cha is all about. Here we go. The A, accept things as they are. The N, notice to get neutral. And the D, desire deeply. Let's jump in. Accept things as they are. It's a foundational principle of psychological and spiritual wellness. This should not be a newsflash to any of us. We have all heard this. We know this. We can't begin to include and transcend until we stop fighting what is. But here's the twist that I learned this year. There are two levels of accepting things as they are. You can accept them in your head or you can accept them in your heart. And take a guess which one of those is the one that actually makes this practice work. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. It's the heart level acceptance. They look very different. And that shouldn't surprise you. Touching back again to episode 23, discerning between heart knowing and head knowing, we know that those two things look and feel very different and produce very different results. But let's go real quick of what head knowing looks like, accepting things at the head level. So head knowing, it's really rational. It's very binary. It's very either or. It's charged and has a lot of judgment attached to it. There's a lot of blame attached to it when it comes to accepting things as they are. Head knowing comes in the form of control, safety, security, affection, esteem. It also takes offense So if you're hooked on any of those things, then you are working at the head level, the head knowing level. So if you're, quote, accepting things as they are and you're getting mad or angry or offended, that's a pretty good clue that your head is processing it. I'm going to give you a real life example that I faced this year, and it's pretty mundane, but I'm using it on purpose because that's part of the secret here. It's often in these mundane realities of our lives that the opportunities to include and transcend present themselves. And we miss it because we discount the experience as just being another part of our day or just another part of life. And we just manage through it. We don't use it as an opportunity to lead through it, to learn something and change from it. So I had a flood in the basement of this new house that I just purchased, and I discovered (laughs) that it was very likely due to the fact that the previous owners had blocked off the overflow drain of the dry well in the front yard. Anyone who knows anything about that, that is not what you're supposed to do. (laughs) Kind of a disaster. So we've had a horribly stormy year where I live, like big hurricanes coming through, a nor'easter that sat on top of us for days. We had periods where we had days and days and feet of rain falling. And throughout all of that, my dry well, the overflow drain, was clogged up. So do you know what that means? That means under my front lawn, I basically had a swimming pool that was sitting there creating pressure against the foundation of my house. Oh, yes. Sounds like good times, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Such great times, such great times. Now, my head had accepted the reality of the water coming in, but I was pissed. I was pissed. 
I thought I had gotten to the point of I'm, I'm accepting this. The water is coming in. I'm dealing with this. But I was flaming mad at the previous owners. How in the world could they have done this? How could they have blocked that off and not told me? I just couldn't get my arms around that. But I was firm and I had accepted that all this emotional pain and all this anguish and everything that I'm dealing with, it's just, it is what it is. And it's all their fault. Now, I could have spent a lot of time there, but it would have been to no avail because, first off, I had no recourse against them. But even if I did, my anger was never going to help me move forward. It was never going to help me get through the immediacy of that situation because appropriate recourse takes time. And I needed relief from my emotional pain in the very real-time situation of water flowing into my basement for nearly 14 days solid. So head acceptance is when you acknowledge the facts of a situation, but you place blame. You identify the source of your challenge as being external. Heart acceptance is much harder because it hurts. Sorry, that's a little hard fact. And it's a fact that might give people the wrong impression Because we think, if it hurts, it must be wrong. Our dominant cultural attitude towards pain is that it's something to be avoided or denied. But the Buddha pointed out thousands of years ago that hurt and pain are equal parts of life. And what that tells me is that if we're denying hurt and pain that is presented to us, we're denying life itself. You're cutting yourself off from the full experience. So I had to really dip into my heart to really accept things as they were. I had to dip into whatever this pain was. And the pain wasn't being me pissed off at the previous owners. It meant I had to accept how I was, which in truth was that I was feeling a little unmoored, untethered. I was in a situation where I was finding myself separated from my husband, living over 700 miles away from my family, owning a home on my own that now had a very serious problem that I had to solve on my own. And for nearly 20 years, I've had someone to share these burdens with. And now I was doing it solo. And when I got down to that level of accepting things as they are, I still get a little teary-eyed right now. And I can still feel it in my heart, right in my chest. I can feel it in my body. And when I was feeling it then, something shifted. It was unvarnished truth. There was no blame. There was no finding fault with anyone or anything. And interestingly... There was no second guessing of the path that I was on. It was just a raw and radical acceptance at the heart level. And it was a hell of a lot harder and took a whole lot more time and space to process than just getting pissed off. I was released, really and truly unhooked. When you feel vulnerable and a little bit exposed, that's That's when you've started to accept things as they are. 
So let's one, two, cha-cha-cha and move right along because I didn't get to that level of acceptance until I cycled through this next move and I went back and forth between the A and the N of our little A-N-D cha-cha here. I went back and forth so many times before I got to heart level acceptance. That's a normal progression of this movement. So let's go to the N. Notice to get neutral. Okay. So just like there were two kinds of accepting, there are two kinds of noticing. But the good news here is that both ways of noticing help us get to heart level acceptance and ultimately lead us to a place of neutrality. And I'm going to talk about why getting to that place of neutrality is so important in just one second. But first, the two types of noticing. The first one is to notice what your body is telling you. We have been given this awesome operating system created out of flesh, blood, nerves, all of it. Our body throws up warning signals left and right. When you're facing a challenge, when you are being called to go to that edge, when you're called to something new and you may be feeling a little anxious, your body tends to hold that inside. And what helped me was to really drop in and identify where do I feel this? So you can just stop, take a deep breath, and just really check in and say, where am I feeling this? Do I feel tension in my jaw? Do I have a knot in my stomach? Are my shoulders tight? Are my knees aching? Is my head hurting? Am I getting cramps in my feet? Breathe in and really take some time to just feel into your body. And then you're going to talk to it. You're going to name it, just like I did. Oh, I'm feeling anxious in my gut. In her new book, Atlas of the Heart, one of our favorite authors, Brene Brown, says that her research has shown that when we name an emotion or experience, it doesn't give that emotion or experience more power. It gives us more power which is what helps us then get back to accepting things as they are at the heart level. Not just rationalizing it at the head level, but exposing the emotion or the experience to the powerful light of reality. So that's the first way of noticing, really kind of getting into your body. The second way of noticing is to notice your core values and if you're living in alignment with them. Now, this can snap you into heart-level acceptance fast, super fast, which is why I love core value work. It is so handy in so many situations, and it's also why in the new year, I will be bringing you a free workbook on uncovering and defining your core values, so be on the lookout for that. In my situation, knowing my core values and working with them That's the thing that actually got me to heart level of accepting things as they are, like so laser fast when I was going through that flood. I knew I was stuck when I was sitting in my anger at the previous owner. I knew there was no soul food on the anger buffet. There was nothing there that was going to help me. So I had to pull on a different tool. I needed a different practice to get me through it. And I recalled my core values. And one of them is growth. And so whenever I face something that's really hard, I try to ask myself, what posture do I need to assume to honor this value? 
How can I go beyond the range of what is known? How can I go beyond the limits of something that's currently in place so that I can transcend through this experience? How can I honor this core value? And once I did that, it threw me right back to the A of our A-N-D cha-cha. And I realized I was fighting this growing pain. I didn't want it because it was hard. It was making me face a very hard truth about being on my own. And that's when I got to heart level acceptance. I had to stop fighting the growth, the very thing that I value. You'd be surprised how we do that to ourselves, that we will push against our core values and not even realize it. That's why it's important to know what they are. It's important to be able to recall them and to just do a quick scan, super quick scan of your values and to say, is there a value here that I'm betraying, right? What am I betraying here about what I value so much? And that's when I got to that heart level acceptance so that when I one, two, cha-cha-cha back to the N, notice to get neutral, I was there. I'd actually arrived. I was really quite neutral about the whole flooding situation. My mental anguish and anxiety was gone. I really could objectively look at the situation without emotional hooks. It didn't color my picture anymore. I just was no longer hooked by it. And that's where we need to arrive, this point of neutrality. Because once you neutralize something, you have the power over it. It doesn't have the power over you. I think that Brene Brown is spot on when she says that naming your emotion or experience gives you more power. And that's a direct quote from her. She didn't say it gives you power. She said it gives you more power. Now, she's a social scientist, right? So she is precise with her words. And I believe she said it gives you more power and didn't say it gives you power. Because naming your emotion or experience is the first step in starting to shift the power dynamic. I think that neutralizing it is the final push, dink, that makes the power shift complete. So we toggle back and forth between noticing and accepting things as they are, and we can do that many times before we get neutral. And that's okay, not a problem. But you have to get to the state of neutrality before you can sashay into the third and most exhilarating step in this practice. And that is the D, desire deeply. Here's a little secret about desiring. It's not about the thing you get. It's about the person you are becoming. It's your soul showing you what you are ready for, even if you don't cognitively know it yet. That desire is a preview of the next level transformed version of yourself that comes from including and transcending. So how do we allow desire into our lives? That can be really hard. Desire is a little bit of a loaded word. Sometimes it has a little bit of a taboo to it. Sometimes it has a feeling of self-indulgence to it. It's a tricky little widget. So how do we allow it in? 
How do we fan those embers of our desires? How do we even see them to begin with? And how do we know what our true desires are? So many people I talk to have that question. How do I know what I really want? It starts from that place of radical acceptance and neutrality. It starts by what we talk about all the time on this show, getting really quiet and still enough to hear the whispers calling from your soul. And when you lean on and lean into the incredible and expansive power of and, when you work this practice, and as you're sweating your ass off doing the one-two cha-cha back and forth from really accepting things as they are and noticing to get neutral, guess what you're doing? You are grinding away the layers of bullshit and the layers of conditioning and the layers of thought and the layers of belief that live on top of your desires. You are grinding them away by doing the first two steps of the A-N-D cha-cha. You are making your desires visible and audible and visceral. Now, trusting your desires and acting on them, embracing that edge of becoming is a discussion that goes way beyond any one episode. In fact, it's what this entire podcast is about. And it's also the focus of my coaching practice. If you need help finding and fanning the flames of your soul's desire, take advantage of my free soul sessions that I'm offering right now. One-on-one, 30 minutes, just you and me, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Times. No strings attached. They are totally free. They are not sales sessions, I promise you. They are really and truly my gift to you, my amazing listeners. We can go over whatever you need to go over. And if this episode has intrigued you and you want to explore the A-N-D cha-cha a little more, I would love to do that because I am so grateful that this practice helped me through my year, my really heavy year. I can hardly believe that this year is effectively over. And I feel great. I really feel strong. It's been a year of incredible noise and peaceful silence, of so many obstacles and so much growth, a shit ton of fear and heart-blazing courage complete and total exhaustion, and life-giving exhilaration. I knew at the beginning of this year that the word and was going to stress test my ability to hold truths that live in tension, and clearly it has. It also delivered on my hope that it would be the exercise that could build my spiritual muscles so that I can really sink in and swim strongly in the deep waters of life. That's what I said in the early episode this year. Now, I didn't know just how real (laughs) the water metaphor was going to become this year. But even so, coming off this hard year, I can say with complete and total conviction that I'm never going back to the shallow end again. I hope that you have a wonderful holiday season, that you find peace and inspiration in the new year to come, and that if you're feeling stuck right now, that this show gave you one more practice you can use to keep going on your journey. If you like today's show, I would love it if you would share it with a friend who might also benefit from it. 
And if you like today's show, get ready for 2022 because I'm coming at you hot with a whole series of power pack shows where I'm going to share with you the techniques and tools and practices that I've been picking up through the various trainings I've done this year. And I've been applying them with clients and they have been game changers. So be sure to tune in. We're going to keep going on this journey together. Thank you so much for being with me today and for supporting this podcast through another year. How exciting. Let's keep going. You and me, you and me, he and she, he and she, next door neighbor, stranger down the street. Form a chain, form a chain, grab the clouds, grab the clouds, cause we haven't even touched our highest ground. No, we haven't even touched our highest ground. We haven't even touched our highest ground. Unleash Your Soul Song is recorded and edited in 426 Studios, the music production company that I co-own. For more information about our music and our services, please visit www.four26studios.com. That's www.four26studios.com.